Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Cavs a podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with David. <laughs> David Wood. Um, checking into the wood shop here for a, <laughs> uh, for a little Cavs a podcast. Um, we're gonna cover the Cavs game briefly, but as we all know, this evening wasn't as much about the Cavs and their kind of token effort against the. Um, Knicks, it was more about everything going on around the NBA, and so, uh, so we got a little Cavs to talk about, uh, a little first round matchups to talk about. Uh, Cavs did lose to the Knicks. Uh, what was the final score, David? I had it, uh, 110.98. 110.98, but as we all know, the Cavs were kind of hoping to push the Knicks at least with a tie with Brooklyn for um, that ninth and eighth uh, spot in the NBA draft lottery. But, of course, as we all know, the Cavs are going to end up in the top three. So uh, so we're okay there. But, uh, yeah, Cavs uh, lose to the Knicks. Uh, Knicks tied with Brooklyn. So they'll probably flip a coin to see who has better drop lottery odds. Uh, but it, it should be right there. And then... Um, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the lottery. And uh, the Cavs will have the eighth or ninth pick, or they'll ha- be in the top three, um, depending on how it all shakes out. And the other NBA matchups are all set. Um, the Cavs will be playing Indy in the first round, which was kind of in the cards. Philly beat Milwaukee by a ridiculous amount. Yeah, they, did they put up the highest? Uh half score of the year probably it was <laughs> it, it was 80. at least the highest differential it was ridiculous yeah. it was like 35 at the half yeah that was bizarre but it, it, the bucks kind of i mean the bucks needed to lose anyways and benefited yeah, the them bucks kind of wanted to end up in sixth or seventh the uh the bucks ended up in sixth anyway and are playing philly because Miami won. Did Miami win? Yeah. Miami beat. They beat Toronto. Toronto. In overtime. And then Washington lost 
to, <laughs> to Orlando. To Orlando. They were down by like 20 at one point, too. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, they weren't playing anybody. I mean, Jody Meeks led him in scoring with 15. So it, it was not a game that they really cared about all that much. I mean, yeah, we didn't even see a showing. Thomas Sadaransky played uh, 42 minutes. Hold on one second. He had a decent line, though. So the yeah the Wizards didn't even play well. They played Sadaransky forty two minutes, and he only scored thirteen points and had four assists. So nine yeah. rebounds though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the 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 Wizards you know didn't play their best player. Um, Lost to Orlando. Uh, I don't know if that has any lottery implications, but uh, the Wizards are going to be the eighth seed, and they'll be playing uh, Toronto in the first round. And then um, Boston will be playing uh, Miami in the first round, uh, Milwaukee and Philly, Cleveland and Indiana. Um, Do you have any concerns with how... I mean, I guess we didn't. I guess we should recap a little bit the uh, the Cavs game uh, against the Knicks, but uh, kind of LeBron checked in, got his ten points, and promptly checked out, yeah. um, literally and figuratively. And then <laughs> the only starter that got a lot of minutes was Chetty Osman, who got uh, almost forty. Um, to go along with six assists, seven boards, 18 points on seven of 18 shooting. Uh, had an interesting night, had some nice plays, had only three turnovers, but uh, two of eight from downtown. Uh, still kind of feeling his way into uh, a high usage role, but I actually thought he did fairly well. Um, I will say that London Perantes, one for seven um, with one assist and... Uh, 32 minutes is probably not NBA point guard material. No, he's kind of a he's kind of a chucker. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't see anything, and and the one thing I wrote during the live thread was like, could assign Quinn Cook, could assign Parantes. They went with Parantes, and yeah, per- <laughs> Parantes is just all mid range shots too. Yeah, I don't know quite what the Cavs were doing there, but. I don't see anything to build on there. Um, uh, John Holland had himself an okay game. 19 shots, made six, uh, 21 points. And <laughs> Tristan Thompson with kind of the line of the night. Uh, 10, 10 points, 9 rebounds, minus 24. <laughs> and if you believe the rumors, uh, Tristan is out of the playoff rotation. Yeah, um, I, I, th- I think he, uh, with the off the court stuff, that kind of seals it. Oh yeah, uh, the <laughs> cheating on Khloe Kardashian, which I mean, I don't think you or I care one whit about Tristan's personal life, but he he has kind of turned into a distraction for the team. Yeah, um, and. 
who else looked good at? Uh, Larry Nance looked good. He had six rebounds in ten minutes, which is nice. Uh, Jeff, he Green. sets some nasty screens. He does. He sets really good screens. I feel like Larry is the guy that should be starting at center, and probably the guy that's gotten jerked around the most since uh, the trade. Uh, like he's gone from a guy who is a bench player to a starter to a guy that shares the floor with Tristan Thompson for no discernible good reason. And as a guy, like, I would love to see him get 25 minutes a night, at least in the playoffs. Yeah, that, honestly, the line the Cavs started tonight was pretty good defensively. Yeah, they they, like, were, they got at it. Yeah, they were really, um, they held um, the Knicks to 20 in the first quarter. The problem was they only scored 20 themselves. and uh, But they were really playing good defense. I mean, the starting lineup, uh, that game was LeBron, Jeff Green, Larry Nance, Chetty Osman, and George Hill. And I feel like with a little bit of tweaking, that could be a really good defensive lineup. I would really like to see, you know, as the playoffs go on a little bit, uh, Chetty Osman in the starting lineup. What it, What's your thoughts on Jeff Green as the quote-unquote starting center? Uh, I, it's just stupid because <laughs> the team can't play defense that well to begin with. And then as soon as you have them on a center, they're going to start having to double down and that's not going to work well for them. They can't make a second rotation yeah, to save their lives right now. The other part of that, I mean, who, who is going to be the center for Indy? Is it uh miles Turner? Yeah. yeah miles Turner will start. And then the Demont. De- uh, what's his name? DeMontis Sabonis. That won't give him much trouble, but uh, Al Jefferson could give this team, like, give the Cavs a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, he's not although great. Because but. he's a bench player, he's probably going to be going against Larry Nance. Um, I got to hope that Larry Nance is the primary backup center off the bench in the playoffs. Uh, we kind of all know, despite how well he played down the stretch, it's not going to be Ante Zizic. Ante had a really nice game tonight. Um, 27 minutes, he got 20 points on 7-9 shooting and 7 rebounds, uh, going with his monstrous PER that he's been posting since uh, he started. Uh, and still, like, his ridiculous field goal percentage. Um, his, those up and unders he had were great. He's got really good footwork and... Well, the reason his up and under works so well is because his his hook is so solid. You yeah. know what I mean? He has he has good footwork. Yeah, and and he gets really nice lift on his hook, and he gets really nice arc on it. And he, you know, even when he misses it, it has a chance to go in because if you you know you hit the rim on the right spot, it's going to bounce in. If you have enough arc on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's he, so, he, he, he's actually in the, like, for the cleaning the glass stats, he's in, like, the 100th percentile for points scored per, like, per shot attempt. Yeah, and then to go along with that, um, his roll timing is really good. Like, he, he his roll timing just impresses me. Like He, he goes knows so to, hard. Well, not only that, though, but he knows when to pause, like, and wait. Right after the his defender commits, and then go, like he doesn't go immediately every time. Like he just has a really good instinctive feel for 
when to roll. And like you said, when he does roll, he rolls really hard. Uh, and then six and nine at the line tonight um, to go along with seven rebounds. Uh, you know, nice game. Second leading scorer after <laughs> John Holland. But, um, you know, all, all uh, you know, the past, what, month and a half, I felt like Ante Zizic has been really good. So uh, I feel like the Cavs have a weapon coming into next year because, I mean, do you feel like Zizic is going to get any minutes in the playoffs? I don't. Uh, no, but he sh- if Tristan gets any, they should be Zizic's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tristan should get, I mean, yeah. Zero at this point. Yeah, I mean, Ante Zizic should actually start dating Khloe Kardashian at this point because he's just a much better <laughs> option. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, paying more attention to kind of Nance now, he, he needs to work on finishing. A little bit. Yeah, he kind of seems hoop, to have fallen off a little on the finishing. Yeah, and I kind of, usually I don't notice it, but I've been playing a lot of 2K again, and he's just garbage at the rim. But, like, kind of watching him now, he has a lot of shots where he'll miss, but he gets the offensive board, or he gets, like, a tip, kind of, so it, yeah, it's sort of a wash. Like he's one of those guys that maybe you should stop tipping it so much and just grab the ball. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, he he does miss a lot of the putbacks. Yeah, like, and not just the, you know, I don't mind going for a tip slam or anything like that, but, like, sometimes uh, he just goes for a tip that is not a great idea, and he should just grab the ball. I mean, although, what was the game they had the other night where it just kind of rimmed against Philly? um, You know, he kind of had to go for the tip there, and it it was a nice try, but it always feels like it just comes up short. So, um, but I, guess so. I also feel like he's a guy who is a confidence player, and they've jerked him around so much. I feel like his confidence is a little bit shot at this point. Oh, for sure, he's had a really unfair, like, kind of go at it yeah. so far. Because he doesn't even know. I don't think he knows like what they want him to do at this point. I agree with you. I mean, he does seem a little bit lost out there as do a lot of the Cavs who aren't in LeBron. Um, and and hopefully they sort all that out going into the playoffs. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a little bit of a disaster uh, towards, you know, down the stretch. I mean, one of the things I want to ask you is, do you see a discernible difference between the way the team was coached under Larry Drew versus the way that the team was is been coached under, you know, Ty Lue since he's come back. No, no. Just different forms of stupid <laughs> kind of <laughs> like they both ride lineups that are ineffective too long and they don't really do too great at making in game changes. Like <laughs> I, just like the stuff you see with the defense, that's the biggest thing. The offense I feel like is gonna work itself out for them. Yeah, but I mean, defensively, you have LeBron James is like that's your offense. Yeah, like defensively, they run like a low key, like what Miami was doing in 2011 when teams were kind of still too dumb to beat it, and also Miami was 30 times more athletic than them. Like how so? Keep going. So they, they'll try to trap, like they'll try to trap a lot of times, or on the switch, 
they'll trap for a second and then try to execute the switch, and they just can't make that second rotation. Because as soon as you get, like, uh, they'll leave the weak side open too much, and you'll have just three or four guys in the paint watching the ball get kicked out, and then two guys running at one person. They just don't execute yeah, the closeouts like the properly. terrible. Like, one of the things I've noticed is when you have that kick out of the initial trap and the guy drives, like if you have a second guard that can drive, it's like all of a sudden you've got three, four guys in the paint. Yeah. Reacting to that secondary drive, and it's like, and then somebody's automatically going to be open in that case. Um, yeah. They don't seem to know who should be rotating when. Well, I I guess the biggest thing is they can't stop a pick and roll with two guys. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's, that's a problem the whole league struggles with, but yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the whole league does struggle with it, but at least uh, like the better teams seem committed to trying to stop the pick and roll with two guys, at least. Whereas like, the Cavs aren't, they don't attempt to ever. Well, I feel like the Cavs do okay when they get into a situation where they can ice it, like from the wing. But when they run that eye pick and roll, like the Cavs just don't even have an answer. Like, I feel like the wing pick and roll, they do okay, but the high pick and roll, they're just, like, it's always a problem. Well, they get, someone either comes out way too high, like you get, you'll have Kevin Love coming out too high. He's slow, but like, if they just drop him back, he can actually play pretty good defense on it. He knows what to do. Yeah. Like, if you look at, uh, the, the first three, four games of last year's games, uh, finals, he was doing a really good job, uh, especially of reading where the pass was going to go. Yeah. But, but that, yeah, go ahead. But then you get, uh, like Larry Nance, a lot of times they'll just switch, but I'd say probably 40% of the time the switch gets botched and you end up with whoever was like Larry Nance switches onto the dude. And then you still have the original guy kind of in no man's land. Yeah. Like they never chuck the roller pretty much. Yeah. And then the guard or whatever is just free to make a pass. And then he can just run off and do his own thing while the Cavs are still kind of negotiating who's supposed to cover who. Right. And then usually it leads to an open shot. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I get it with the new personnel, but if we hadn't seen it, the same issues for the last two years, like, you know, uh, if you want to make uh, Evil Genius crazy, just mention the name Mike Longabardi. <laughs> just like every single team Mike Longabardi goes to seems to have this problem. Um, you know, and, and Larry Nance has that issue with, like, they don't know whether you want him to switch him whether you want to drop him and he doesn't seem to know. And then the problem with Lance or Nance. And I feel like the reason he's not starting is he's just, when he's indecisive, he gets so foul prone. Like he will just bite on every pump fake and just be over aggressive. Like one of the things the Cavs, I don't want to say they've done it well this year, but they've done a good job of not getting themselves in foul trouble by, you know, just not contesting layups that are, you know, a lost cause. But the other side of that is the Cavs never foul. Like, they never foul to stop a dunk or a layup, and it's like 
you know, at a certain point you have to start doing that, especially in the playoffs. Well, a lot of times bad free throw shooters, but or even average free throw shooters. A lot of times they're not even in position to foul. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, and I uh, feel like Jeff Green is one of the kings of that. Like just being so far out of position, he can't foul. Yeah, he he uh, he gets kind of out of his head. Yeah, like a little bit. I feel like, um, and. We kind of had a long, uh, did you read that whole, um, email thread, the back and forth with Ben Worth earlier this week that we had on the, on the, on the email thread? Yeah, yeah, I kinda, read that. Kind of on the, uh, and, and I know you contributed a little bit, but Jeff Green at this point seems to me like the 2015, the forward version of Amon Shumpert in 2015, like, he can do a lot of good stuff one-on-one, but if you get him in a team concept, he just kind of loses his mind at times. Well, it's like the... I, I feel like JR is the same way. Well, they, they they both need to be on the ball, kind of, yeah. to be a plus. And when they're not on the ball, like directly covering it, they usually mess up. I'll agree with you there. I mean, like, I feel like JR is so disengaged in the regular season it's hard to judge like we're going to figure out what kind of player we have with JR in probably the first 5 games of the playoffs you know what i mean like cuz JR even in the last like 3 weeks has had some monster games and then he'll look completely pedestrian and then he'll come back and have you know some monster games um and and he's definitely a guy who when he's not feeling it on offense is certainly not feeling it on defense and, and, and vice versa a little bit. But I also feel like, you know, J.R. Smith is at this point, not a regular season player. You know what I mean? Like you just can't even take anything away from it. Would you agree? Yeah. Kind of. He's kind of, I mean, I'll just wait and see on him. He's kind of like a yes man at this point. Like he said, like he said earlier in the season, oh yeah, I'm not shooting because I'm focused on defense. And then it was, I'm not getting shots because the ball's not coming to me. And then no plays are run for me. He's just, he's kind of a wild card. Yeah. I mean, if he shows up, great. Like we have a better chance at winning. If he doesn't show up, you know, you just throw, you blame it all on throwing, throwing soup at Damon Jones. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I mean. You know. To get out of the rabbit hole a little bit. I mean. Uh. We're getting into playoff matchups a little bit, but uh. You know the Knicks Cavs game. The Knicks. You know had a decent game. Michael Beasley, twelve points as a starter, and then <laughs> the guy. Ooh, I like the goofy white guy. Uh, Cornette. Cornette, yeah. Well, he had a monster game earlier this season. Like, his first couple games up from the G League, he were big for him. And then uh, he kind of tailed off a little bit. But I call him the uh, seven-foot Harry Dean Stanton. And uh, who's, who's Harry Dean Stanton? <laughs> if you Google him, you'll recognize him. He was kind of a character actor in this, you know, probably for the last Ooh. 30 years. 
not a very pretty man. <laughs> well, neither is uh, Luke Cornett, but Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> was better looking when he was younger, but a uh, character actor in the... Uh, uh, oh, he's in cowboy movies, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he was an alien, uh, the original alien with Tom Skerritt and Scorny Weaver and Yafik Koto. Um, he was one of the characters in that. And um, what else was he in? Um, but, you know, kind of a famous character actor. Uh, he didn't age well, let's put it that way. Um <laughs> But he was in a lot of movies over the years. I mean, g- dating back to the six, back to the sixties. So, yeah. um, but I kind of feel like that guy looks like him. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cornette, uh, you know, had a nice uh, season for him. I mean, uh, l- let's look him up real quick. I think he only they said eighteen games in the league. Or played eighteen. Yeah, and his first couple games were uh, were were pretty solid. I'm pulling up too. Like, uh, I feel like his PER was not bad. So he was uh, sixteen point three minutes a game, six point seven points, thirty five percent from three. Yeah, I guess his PER wasn't that great, but. Three big rebounds. guys, big guys d- that shoot a lot of threes don't do that well in terms of per. He'll he'll probably get. I wouldn't say he's going to get a ton of money, but he'll get more than the minimum next year, I'd imagine. Or some well, goofy I deal to lock Nick him up Zone for a minute right as a restricted free agent because no. of the way he came up. So, so he probably <laughs> won't do much better than the minimum, but you never know. Yeah. But, yeah, I felt like at times he had some pretty good games and certainly worth another look. I mean, you know, the G League, there's some interesting guys come out of the G League. Uh, Golden State's starting point guard right now, Quinn Cook. Uh, with uh, he Cavs did Canton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was a Cavs second-round draft pick. He played for – didn't he play a few games with us? Well, he played his whole rookie, you know, rookie quote unquote year uh, with the Cavs, and then uh, last year he played with New Orleans a lot and got a couple call ups, and then this year uh, ended up basically because Steph Curry got hurt, they had to take him to the playoff roster, and a former Cavalier, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, they they cut someone to keep him. Oh, uh, the Jewish player. <laughs> yeah, I can't think, think of his name. Neither can I. He shoots threes very good. Ah, oh, we gotta look this up now. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Uh, we're the worst. This is like welcome to Cavs a podcast where we think about names for twenty minutes. This, all right, I got the list of Jewish basketball players. <laughs> Chet, um, ah, it's going to drive me nuts. He was Caspi. Omri Caspi. Yeah. <laughs> we got in the same time. Cause he had yeah, the... Caspi had a really nice season going for them, but then he got hurt, and they kind of keep couldn't keep him on the roster. Because so, they had to carry a point guard in the first round because Steph Curry, you know, 
by all accounts, is not going to play in the first round. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, as far as the uh, Knicks game goes, though, um, you know, the Knicks, uh, you know, Luke Cornett, uh, the Knicks kind of baffled me because, like, as a team, like, why the hell they didn't trade Kylo Quinn before the trade deadline is kind of beyond me. Like, as a guy who could have helped a team that needed a big, like, I felt like the Cavs could have used O'Quinn for sure, you know, rather than playing Tristan Thompson any minutes. But, um, you know, they had a lot of guys that, or a Michael Beasley, I'm surprised that some team didn't want to, you know, grab him as uh, su- just I'm su- the guy who can score a lot. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't bought out. Well, or, like waived just to go play for a real team. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm surprised they didn't try and trade him for like a late second rounder. But you know, he, Beasley seems like a Spurs guy. Same with O'Quinn. Yeah, I mean Beasley <clears throat> has had so many problems over the years, but yeah. The Spurs, I could see him totally latching on with them. Um, and Spurs, you know, what did they say? It was their 15th straight year in the playoffs? Is it, it might be longer than that. Spurs. Or 20th? I think it's 20 because they said something about the Blazers record or something, the old Blazers team. Yeah, uh, what is the Spurs? 21 seasons. 21 seasons in a row they've made the playoffs, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, yeah, the Spurs uh, playoffs oh, since can officially 96. buy a beer. So, yeah, I mean, good for the Spurs. Um, but, I mean, I feel like we've beaten this Knicks-Cleveland to death, so let's start wait, talking about some of the first-round playoff matchups. Wait, I'm, i got to mention one thing. Oh, okay. uh, Chetty Osmond's left hand is filthy. Like, how so? But when he pumped, like, he had a couple of those layups, but I didn't realize he was that good at going to his left. Like, finishing like, with his left? Yeah, well, no, he'll just pump fake, and then he can actually dribble to his left. But oh, like, yeah, yeah. Through, like, a couple, like, through defenders with guys swiping down on him and get a shot up, which no, is a I pretty... Totally, like, I totally agree with you, and, you know, I good said skill. at the end of the live thread, it's like, regardless of what happens to LeBron, between Chetty Osman and Ante Zizic, who really impressed me towards the end of the year, I am very uh, positive about the Cavs' future. Yeah, though it'll be fun to watch. It'll be much funner than the last time. Yeah, well, I feel much like more fun. Zizage is was complete. Like his twenty game stretch, if he had been a top ten draft pick, people would have been like, "Whoa, you know, get that guy in the playoffs." But the fact that he wasn't a top ten draft pick, kind of like the Cavs buried they buried him a little bit. But the dude is shooting over seventy percent from the field and. It's not all dogs, you know what I mean? He's got he's got a nice blend of like he's got kind of a dated game, but he still is able. He rolls like he's a good enough pick and roll player that his dated post moves work well. Like it's a nice balance for him, right? And the other side of that is you know he has really good timing and kind of a good feel for the game of you know when I can go up and try and dunk and when I got to throw in a jump hook and you know, when I should kick this out, like he doesn't seem to like when it comes to a finisher, 
uh, right now in the NBA, like he is orders of magnitude better than Tristan Thompson at this point. Would you agree? <laughs> oh yeah, that's most of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, groundbound Tristan Thompson, who, like at this point, I mean, Tristan might be a buyout candidate in the off season. Ooh, yeah, that's hard to swallow. I mean, but the thing with it Tr- is, Tristan- but if he doesn't make the, you know, if he doesn't make it through the playoffs as a rotation player, and it just looks like maybe his knee is, you know, not working. I believe the buyout deadline is like before training camp starts and they have to kind of make that decision. So if they buy him out, does his cap stay on or does his no, like so what happens is his cap gets prorated over the remainder of I believe he has two years left on his contract, right? I think so. Yeah, that so makes what sense. happens it's it's double the number of years left on your contract plus one. That oh, that's the stretch. Over. So we'd stretch him? Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. yeah. So he would get stretched over five years. Um, yeah. But with the amount that- of luxury tax the Cavs are play- paying, that would end up being a savings probably for the team if, you know, LeBron stays and everything falls into place. But yeah, that's there, true. There's a lot of ifs this offseason. I mean, why can't he learn how to take a layup without gathering. Like that's the, one of the, like you teach 10 year olds that like you just, it's a fluid motion. Like he is like, he's like a 1980s robot career. Reggie Evans at this point, (laughs) but Um, Reggie Evans gets offensive boards still. Yeah. Like Reggie Evans at least could finish without bringing the ball by his nuts. And he's tough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tristan, I feel like he's got to bend over and tie his shoe every time before he makes a layup. <laughs> Unless it's that goofy floater he shoots on the pick and roll, which is like oh the only gosh. other shot he has that's a, you know, efficient. It's, it's so ugly. <laughs> it is. No. And it goes in about one every four times. But yeah, I mean, I don't. It, is he just a complete lost cause at this point? Uh, I think so. I mean, he's looking kind of tubby, too, which is never a good sign for a younger guy. Yeah, I mean, what is he, 26 right now? Yeah, let's look. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he just did a sign and retire. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, he's 27. He's 27, looking tubby. He's got some off-the-court issues. Um, It's not going well. No, like... Like, he just seems like he's on the uh, Kendrick Perkins career arc at this point. Like, <laughs> completely unathletic by 32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing about Kendrick Perkins is, is like, he made up for everything with smarts and kind of, like, the ability to play really good defense at times, or really, at least not, if not good, very smart defense. And now he's, like, did you see him tonight? Yeah, he looks like he's a. He looks grumpier than ever. He looks fifty years old. He's always looked old, though. Right. The funny thing is, is I said it in the you know the live thread. He's a month younger than LeBron. I always forget that he was born a month before LeBron. Like that's insane. Like he just looks like Methuselah out there. And LeBron James is actually older than he is. That's kind of funny. 
He yeah. does look in good shape, though. I'll give him that. He well, slimmed down. And, and from everything I read, like he was a really good influence on the charge and all that stuff. And kind of my take on the whole Kendrick Perkins situation is that they wanted to sign him, um, but Dan Gilbert didn't want to pay the luxury tax for, you know, three months, three, two, I guess it would be two months of an end of the bench player in the regular yeah. season. So they kind of waited right before the last game to sign him. Well, they were trying to get him to be a coach, I think. I didn't was, uh, hear that. I heard um, Tyron Lue offered him a coaching spot, and he said that he wanted to still try to play. Oh, okay. So. Well, I actually think he is a better fit as a player, and one of the things that I've said for a while is that the Cavs need an enforcer. Because one of the things that happens, and I'm trying to think of who I kind of felt like this was happening against. Um, and I got to go back to the Cavs schedule, but I feel like the Cavs, because they don't have an enforcer, um, when other teams try to get chippy against them, they just kind of have to take it rather than if the Cavs had their own enforcer, then team or the refs would actually when that guy came in the game they'd have to actually tighten the way that the game was officiated um Ooh, i never actually thought about that that's a really good point like yeah because the Cavs aren't a team that's gonna out you know thug you you know what i mean like and i feel like against a team maybe miami you know when they march 27th miami uh, they lost 98-27, and I felt like that was a game where Miami got really physical with them, and they needed a guy to come in and kind of, you know, throw some elbows, knock some people around, so that the refs would be forced to call it a little tighter, and they don't have that guy. So I feel like Kendrick Perkins is valuable just from that standpoint. Like, the Dante Jones, he's this year's Dante Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got to get a nut shot in. <laughs> well, Kendrick Perkins was never a nut shot guy. I mean, he was always a chest level and above, but I don't <laughs> even think he can bend down far enough to give somebody a nut shot at this point. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you remember when he uh, laid out... Uh, Crowder. Crowder, yeah. Former yeah, Cavalier no, Jay Crowder. <laughs> yeah, and then Brad Stevens didn't let Kelly Olynyk come back in and take his licks. <laughs> right, that, exactly. That game got so bad. It did. And, you know, I always wondered how much of, like, Jay Crowder not fitting in with the Cavs was because of that and also, you know, from J.R. Smith clocking him in the face. <laughs> yeah, Jay Crowder's had some bad luck against the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not a good fit, but... And and not only that, against the three... Now he's playing for the three-seed Jazz who beat the Trailblazers tonight. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah, I definitely believe that. I mean, the, the Jazz, Jazz, who Quinn everybody Schneider's mocked a- me in the preseason picks when I said the Jazz were going to be a playoff team and not the odd man out, and now they're in the three-seed, which is insane. The The Jazz are built for the playoffs, too. Oh, yeah. Like they just because that offense is already, I think it's probably the slowest in the league, and like works for every shot, and yeah. then they'll just they'll muck up the game. Well, not only that, Joe Ingles is like 
I, he's such a throwback at this point, like a guy that just comes out, sets screens, knocks people around, makes good passes, and oh, I'm going to make every single wide open three. Joe Ingles is a great pick and roll player. Oh yeah, well, too, like as a passer, or as a as a, as a passer, but he kind of like uh, Zach Lowe's mentioned it before, but he his passing's so good that now he's able to finish just because guys are looking for the pass more. Yeah. Almost in the way that Corver is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Rubio. Because his three-point game and his pass game are so good that guys overplay him so much that he will get backdoor layups. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's a really good player. And I love the shade he was casting on the NBA three-point contest when he wasn't even invited. He was just like... On Twitter, he was just casting shade all over the place on the whole event because he wasn't there, which which was nice to see. I mean, and I am not a huge Trailblazers fan. To see them drop to fourth, like what? How insane is it that the Timberwolves, who or I'm sorry, the Pelicans, who were like tenth like two weeks ago, now in the fifth spot? Like the West is just so tight. Uh, and, and as you and I both stayed up, you know, to watch the Timberwolves Nuggets for that eighth seed, uh, that went to overtime and that Timberwolves edged out the Nuggets, but you know, the West 47 wins is the eighth seed this year. And do you think the Timberwolves take any games off the Rockets? Uh, no, (laughs) I'm going to give them a game. I'll give them, I'll give them one game at home. I, I like the the Timberwolves on paper are good, but I, I'm not sure Tibbs is a great coach anymore. <laughs> the Penguins? For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's so oh my, should play like the Penguin the bat- in a Batman reboot. <laughs> oh, what was the Batman movie where uh, the fat the dude that's Danny in DeVito. Uh, Yeah, Batman Returns. <laughs> oh, he does look like that. Now I'm not going to be able to not picture that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he just, he has become a character, a caricature of himself. And he always, the other thing I love is he has that little refugee of hair in his bald spot. (laughs) Oh, he's totally living a lie. Just let it go, man. Just shave that off. It's it's not going to happen. Like, just embrace the full Daddy Warbucks. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think... uh... Their offense just it's it's too predicated on talent. Well, that's true, but Jimmy Butler is an absolute like you look at their record with and without Jimmy Butler and he's the his absence was the reason they dropped so far. Like yeah, uh, I I just think the Rockets will throw like PJ Tucker on him. They'll just rotate guys onto him. Well, yeah, but Jimmy Butler, the great thing about him is he gets it done on both ends of the court. So he is going to, you know, throw, you know, throw a wrench in the works at times. I'm going to give him one game. I guess that's not the craziest thing. They don't really have anyone to cover Towns either. Yeah. Um, well, especially because Mbatamute is hurt. And Mbatamute, um, expected to miss at least the first round. Um, he's like, oh, what's he out with? Oh, injury du jour. 
Oh, dislocated shoulder. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, like he did the thing where he came back too soon from the Kevin Love injury. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, and he's one of actually the best plus-minus players in the league. Like, you look at their net rating when he's on the floor. He's, I think he has a net rating of, like, plus 23 this year, which is ridiculous. Um, You know, per 100 possessions. And uh, they were really good with him on the floor this year. I kind of feel like they were borderline unbeatable without him or with him. And, you know, they, they are somewhat vulnerable without him, but yeah, I don't see him dropping a game to the Timberwolves. So now you're saying the Timberwolves don't get a game or I'm sorry. No, I'm saying (laughs) I, I seen them dropping one game to the, the Timberwolves. Sorry. No, if they had him bought they wouldn't have dropped. Oh, uh, is what I meant. I I gotcha. Sorry. I've had a couple beers tonight, so I may, I may be a little incoherent. (laughs) Um, but I mean, any anything else you saw from that T Wolves uh, Nuggets game that you like takeaways? I I just caught the very end. I, I like. Well, you watch the I, overtime, right? Uh like two minutes of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like uh, I like the Joker. Like yeah. I, he's fun to watch. Um, Jamal Murray, I watched watching Denver this year. He's going to be a really good player. Yeah, he's eventually be a really good player. Like and then he's uh, probably next year, if he takes another step, he's going to be right there. Gary Neal too. Like that that team has Gary everything Neal? they need. Or not Gary Neal? <laughs> Gary no. Neal's like thirty five. No, who am I thinking of? They have the dude that shoots really good. Um. Am I, oh, oh, you're thinking of Will Barton? No, it's not Will Barton. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Millsap. <laughs> No, not Millsap. It, it is just, well, I think next year, if Millsap's healthy, that's going to help him a lot. Yeah. Hold on, I'm pulling the <laughs> roster up. Gary Neal. It's not Gary Neal. Gary Neal's on a Oh, roster. Gary Harris. Gary, Gary Harris. Harris. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gary, Gary Harris, Harris is a, guy. he's pretty filthy off screens. Yeah, he, no, and he's also, I think he was the same draft. So, yeah, they're going to be really good. Um, I felt bad for them. Like, I felt like at the end of that game, they force fed the ball to, um, the Joker a little too much. And yeah, when he got stripped, why are you giving him the ball? Well, here's the other thing though. Like they tried to screen for him so that Todd Gibson would switch and Todd Gibson was like, I'm not switching. I'm sticking with him. And the Nuggets just didn't seem to know what to do with that. And Todd Gibson made like, Two or three really good plays on the Joker at the end of that game. Yeah, well, Gibson's always been a great defender. I, I wouldn't say gr- like great in stretches, like not every single <clears throat> possession, but yeah, down the stretch, he's a guy that can get stops for you, for sure. Yeah. The the future's bright for the Nuggets, at least. No, I agree with you too, and I feel like if the Timberwolves hadn't made the playoffs, that'd have been a borderline disaster for them. Well, oh, especially yeah. as hot as they started. So, yeah. So, Rockets, Timberwolves, you pick in the Rockets? Yeah, Rockets for sure. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to take you through the playoffs matchups. I'm going to say Rockets in five. and then I'm saying four. You're saying four. So, Warriors, Spurs. 
I'm gonna say six. You say the- Warriors and six. Yeah. I have you heard anything? Is Kawhi coming back at all? I don't think so. That, Kawhi, that situation, situation. I think he's hanging out with some some bad people <laughs> that want him out of San Antonio. Yeah. He, ah, well, no, something just came out about his sister saying he's going to return to the Spurs. Weird. Who who knows? I mean, Kawhi seems like the type of dude that is very like a loner kind of. Mm-hmm. No, I so totally get that. It's surprising that he's been acting this way. Well, not even acting. Just the whole situation is mind blowing, and I don't think we'll ever actually know what what happened. Yeah, and the Spurs keep so much stuff in house too. Yeah, so who knows? He could come back. And if he really does have like uh whatever's going on with his hamstring and all that stuff, maybe th- he really did need to be out because he was afraid of coming back or something. I, I thought it was his quad, not his hamstring. Oh, quad then. Yeah. But still, like I think he legitimately thinks he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand it, but yeah, I mean I I can't speak to it, but it is odd. But yeah, I'll give uh I'll give the Spurs two games. They're they're a smart team. And yeah, you, Pop will figure out something. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is they're playing without Steph Curry. Yeah. Do you give them any shot at an upset? I do actually. I really? think uh, yes, because so the Jazz laid the whooping on them last night by like I think forty points or whatever. Who on and, the was on the Warriors? Yeah, on the Warriors. And that was, um, I didn't watch the game, but I'm sure a lot of it was just the speed the Jazz play. And Spurs are one of the few teams that can slow it down and play like that. Yeah. And, uh, like how they play too, like they move a lot through the post. And the Warriors don't really have great post defenders. I mean, you have Draymond, but the Spurs can make like two guys function out of the post pretty well. Well, the other thing is, is Draymond is not the player he was the year last year and the year before. Like, no. Raymond has fallen off a little bit, and then as a secondary defender, like, you used to have, like, one of the best dig-down guys was uh, Andre Iguodala. Like, he was so good at double-teaming the post. He he can come... I think he's been kind of, like... I think he's still the same. Not the same, but he can do it still. Uh, well, yeah, it it'll, remains to be seen whether... Playoff Iguodala is the same. Clearly, regular season Iguodala wasn't the same, but I the the Warriors were definitely coasting at times through the regular season and still put up fifty eight games. So, yeah. I I think too. Um, going back to that loss the Warriors had, the Spurs are like the one team that I can capitalize on that loss and like make them question themselves because I, I could see the Spurs taking the first game. And kind of making the Warriors say, like, oh, like, crap. Maybe we yeah. have some uh, issues with the team. Yeah. Although I do feel like the Warriors um, have really good coaching. So, you know, they're going to make the in-game adjustments to whatever the, you know, Spurs throw at them. Whereas other teams, like <clears throat> the Cavs, might take a game to, you know, adjust to that. Yeah, that's true. So... What do so, you think? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Warriors in five as well. 
I don't think the the Spurs are going to be able to take you know two games off them. But you never. What know. if Kawhi I mean, comes the, back? The whole Quinn Cook factor. Yeah. Well, then there's the other thing. If Kawhi comes back, who knows? I mean, uh, but that's really hard to integrate a whole new guy with that kind of usage and that kind of you know footprint on the game. I mean, uh, what if they just throw him out there and say just. Cover Durant. That's all you got to do. Cover Durant for, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not a bad plan, but I think it can also function as a distraction, too. Like, if he's not where he should be and he's kind of a disaster, it can really throw your rotation into a funk, too. So, yeah, I, that's a bit of a wild card, but I'm, I'm going to go Warriors in five. I think Quinn Cook is going to play well for him. And kind of get them past the Spurs. Uh, and one of the problems the Spurs have is that DeJounte Murray is not a point guard that can shoot threes. And I feel like the way the Spurs are built right now, you can pack the paint on them a little bit. Uh, like yeah. they don't have a lot of great shooters. Obviously, they have uh, Manu and they have Patty Mills, but. Aside from well, that, they're not, you know, knockdown three-point shooters. Danny Green. Well, I yeah. mean, it's been a down season for him, but. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I'll agree with you. Danny Green's a good shooter. But, you, like we've talked about a million times on the blog, it, you can defend one shooter. You know what I mean? It's like when you have two or three, like, they just have a multiplier effect. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to give him five. And then we come to my favorite first round matchup maybe in both conferences the thunder and the jazz that's going to be a lot of fun yeah that's like a clash of styles just because russell westbrook just takes off every chance he gets yeah and the jazz just totally control pace and paul george can make it pretty miserable for him too because i'm sure we'll see him on uh like ricky rubio at times or just whoever they're trying to have orchestrate yeah, and you talk about a guy who picked the absolute worst time of the season to have a shooting slump. Like, Paul George is lighting it up from three for, you know, two-thirds of the season, and now he's mired in a slump. And it's like, you know, can he get that back? Um, That's what you live with with Paul George, though. Yeah, that is Paul George. You're right. That's been his kind of M.O. the last six seasons, or you know, except the one he missed, but. Um, I don't, I think the Jazz win it. You're going to pick the Jazz over the Thunder? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to have a lot of implications around the NBA. I mean, you got to think if the Jazz beat the Thunder in the first round, Paul George is probably headed to L.A., right? I don't think so, no. Really? I think, I, I, I think, think he's he totally t- heading to L.A. Yeah, why would he want to do that? The Lakers are going to suck. Eh, I don't think the Lakers are going to suck as bad as you think the Lakers are going to suck. They're still going to suck. Like I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Paul George is going to leave. Really? I, I'm not. I'm not saying like. I think the Thunder are a pretty good team. I think they messed up big by moving by getting Carmelo this season. Yeah, that wasn't a great move. Like, they should have tried to wait out. Because Demo, or not Demo, uh, oh, the, oh, Enos Cantor 
is like people crap on him a lot, but he's a solid <laughs> player and he brings more to the, like to the team than Melo has. The problem is, is the NBA is not a league where having multiple bigs helps you that much anymore. Like normally you have one big and th- then you play small for the other half of his minutes. Yeah, but Whereas the thing, Cantor, uh, but I feel like, uh, you know, oh, who's their center? Steven Adams. Yeah, Cal Drogon. <clears throat> like, I feel like Adams is a much better all-around player than, or at least when he was destroying the Cavs earlier this year, he's a much better all-around player than Cantor, and, you know, you just can't play both those guys enough minutes for it to matter. Well, I think you just play Cantor... Well, I'm, let's look. I'm gonna look up how much Melo's playing. You just play Cantor on the second unit and let him go to work because he can get buckets. Oh yeah, like he and, and I mean honestly, that off the bench. Yeah, what what's Melo doing? No, you know, Mello is Melo is aging in dog years is what he's doing. I mean, he's older than LeBron. You got to remember that. Yeah, he's probably got. Did he win the title his freshman year? He did. He did. Yeah. So he's a year older. So Cantor's been playing. He played 25 minutes a game for the for the next six season. 14.1 points, 11 boards though. And let's look up Carmelo. Hot researching action on Cavs the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Melo's played 32 minutes a game and 16.2 points, but just 5.8 boards and 1.3 assists. Yeah, no, Mello, Mello has probably for the last 10 years been the most un- overrated player in the NBA. Uh, I mean, that year when, uh, he won, the Knicks got like the lockout season when the Knicks were pretty good. Mello was really good that year. Yeah, but it's a lockout season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just, so you're picking Jazz in how many games? Uh, seven. You're picking Jazz in seven? Yeah. They, they remind me of those. Thunder in seven because I don't think the NBA will let the Jazz win. They remind me of those, like the Detroit teams. Oh, uh, yeah, the, no, that's the a Cavs good used to face. Cause like they played slow, but all the guys had like a really good synergy. Yeah. And just, it worked like just the whole group of I them. I think the Jazz will lose in game seven. Because Jay Crowder has his toe on the line for a three-pointer. <laughs> no, he's, he's not doing that anymore. They give him enough. See, they run their uh, offensive set, so he's enough time to check the line. <laughs> well, they actually run an offensive set, which the Cavs never did. So. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I really like the Jazz. And I think, no, uh, I do, too. I mean, they're probably my favorite West Coast team, and I love Rudy Gobert. I'm still... I'm still so pissed at the Cavs for drafting Sergey Karasev over we Rudy were Gobert. All, yeah, uh, we were all on to Rudy Gobert. I think oh, it was, I was the guy huge on the Rudy Gobert. Yeah, thing. I just liked him because he looked like so crazy. He looked like a anime character. Well, the thing I loved about him, like you just looked at him, and I was just watching film of him, and you saw a guy that actually understood the game. Like you see some of these. <laughs> of guys and they look like they can score in isolation, but they don't seem to have any understanding of, you know, 
how you know how to play the game and it it just baffles my mind boggles my mind how some of these guys get drafted but yeah i mean i always felt like he had a really good feel for the game whenever i watched him so when you and when you're seven foot three or whatever he is you know you have a lot of natural advantages so (laughs) i think he's going to win defensive player of the year do you he should I, I know he missed a lot of games, but yeah. he completely changes how teams like play. Oh yeah, totally. <clears throat> I mean, and uh, the, to me, the thing that's impressive is the ability to do that without getting in foul trouble every game. I see. I think one of the things with uh, guys like him, like rim protectors like him, I think what starts to happen is their early seasons they're kind of foul prone, and then guys start to get afraid. Like the more highlight blocks people get. Mm-hmm. Like guys are just like, ah, I'm just going to pull it back out rather yeah, than like, attack it as hard. Yeah. Well, the other thing that is good about Gobert is he's so long. He doesn't even really have to bite on pump fakes to get a block. Like he almost he, is like, can be like Duncan in the way Duncan would get standing blocks. You know what I mean? He doesn't leave his feet really anymore. He doesn't anymore. have to leave his feet. Yeah. Um, and he can just kind of go straight up. And Duncan was the master of that. And and he's he's good at that. So, um, next matchup in the West, uh, Blazers Pelicans. Blazers lost four straight. Pelicans is that for sure? Yeah, they, these are all set. Okay. As far as I know, I'll double check that. But yeah, I mean, Blazers have lost four straight. Oh, that might not be for sure. Just because oh. there's still some games going on, the Utah Portland's still going. Oh, I think oh Utah Portland is still going. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. I'm I'm the worst. Wait, let me let me double check. Maybe my computer just didn't refresh. No, no, you're right. That's for the third seed. Yeah, yeah Portland's are, up. Portland's up like twenty, not twenty, fifteen. Oh, okay, so it's looking like Portland's going to be the third seed right now. So then, what does Utah go to? So Utah oh. would go to the fourth seed. All right. So who okay, do they think? So I, I got that wrong. So it would have been Blazers Thunder. Well, I'm totally picking the Thunder over the Blazers. Oh yeah, the Blazers the Blazers are turds. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're NBA peak regular season team. I don't think your best player anymore can be like a Dame Lillard type guy. Well, I think he can. The problem is is you've got to have <clears throat> defensive role players around him. And Which they don't have they- any. Yeah. I mean, I would even argue that the Warriors, like, uh, first title over the Cavs, Draymond was the best player on that team. Not the best, but he's what made them the Warriors. Oh, I'll, I'll agree with you. I mean, he gave, like, his defensive ability let them play Steph and not have to worry about defense as much. And, and, the other thing is their third best player was Clay Thompson, who was so good on both ends of the court, like there wasn't much drop off. I mean, Draymond, the reason they killed us from three was that short roll. His ability oh, yeah. to just torch out of that. Well, yeah, and he was like Draymond like you look at two guys in the short roll. Um, you know, you had Draymond versus Tristan Thompson. <laughs> it's like not even a contest. And then yeah. you hit the whole argument about Tristan to be paid as much as Draymond. Ah. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that, yeah, that's... it's it's looking like at this point um, it is going to be Portland in the third seed. So I'm going to totally pick them over the Thunder, and then Pelicans Jazz. I'm going to pick the Jazz. Like I feel like that's a really bad matchup for the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean the Pelicans. It's a cool story, but they're they're Anthony Davis and friends. Yeah, that's Anthony Davis. Is I don't great. even know where the tiebreakers are though, because if the Jazz lose this game, then they're tied with the Pelicans. I don't know who has the tiebreaker. Hold on, I'll, uh, ESPN had the thing listed of what happens. I mean, it would still be Jazz Pelicans. It was just who would have the home field would be the difference. Oh, I don't think that matters. Think, Either way, I think I think the Jazz will win it. Yeah. Well, um, moral of the story, I should not have gone through the Western Conference playoffs <laughs> until that game was over. Anyway. Um, the Pelicans are the five th- seed. The Thunder are, would be the sixth. Okay. And the Wolves are the eighth. The Spurs are the seventh. Okay. Utah and Portland meet later tonight to determine three and four seeds. Oh, okay. So the Jazz will, whoever wins is playing the, or is playing the Thunder and whoever loses is playing the Pelicans. So. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I feel like Jazz Pelicans, I just feel like that's a bad matchup for the Pelicans. Uh, as good as Anthony Davis is, I don't think they can stop, uh, who's their rookie? Donovan Mitchell, and I feel like Rudy Gobert is a tough matchup for him inside, and he, you know, they can probably switch it around so they got somebody good guarding him on the outside. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to pick Jazz in six there. I, uh, I I honestly think it'll be Jazz in four. Uh, I would pick Jazz in, yeah, maybe five, but five or six, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of, you know, takes us through the West. We covered every <laughs> scenario out there. But in terms of the East, uh, so first round, Wizards-Raptors, where, where are you picking that one? I mean, the, Ra- the Wizards <sighs> have been kind of a disaster since John Wall's been back. Yeah, they're garbage, but this is the Raptors in the playoffs. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is the Wizards in the playoffs too. Yeah, I I'd say Raptors in probably five or six. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Raptors in five, and then Bucks Celtics. Do you think the Celtics have a chance, or the Bucks have a chance against the Celtics? Uh, I they should, but given their defensive issues, I think the Celtics. Uh, Brad Stevens can piece together enough offense to beat them. Uh, Giannis Which pisses need, me off, but yeah. Talk about a team that needs like, a new GM and a new coach is the Bucks. Like how they don't have more shooting on this that team is kind of bad. Yeah. But I mean, this maybe Giannis breaks out. If Giannis breaks out, um, then they'll win. Yeah, yeah. Like this true. could be his kind of like I'm the man series. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too enthused tonight, but I also felt like the Bucks were losing on purpose. We'll see. Uh, they didn't want to get the Sixers in the first round. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so we've got Heat Sixers. I think that's going to be a really good series. 
You think that one's going seven? Yeah. Um, I think the Heat are all, their, their defense is pretty legitimate, but, uh, the thing with the, them is, uh, the, the offense, like, kinda, it's not the prettiest thing, but they make teams work against them. And, uh, Philly's young and dumb still. Yeah. So, my worry gonna, about the Heat is they are relying too much on over the hill Dwayne Wade. You know, to run that yeah. fucking unit. And, you know, but if who, he's doing anything other than posting people up, we all saw how horribly that works. You know what I mean? The, like, he just cannot shoot anymore. Who at all. the, um, I guess the 76 or second unit's not bad. It's not great. No, it's great. good. I mean, they got a lot of guys who can play. They don't always play. But they have a lot of high variability in the second unit. I feel like. Crap, they do have, they're actually kind of stacked. Yeah. In a weird way. Like, they've got Rashawn Holmes, who gets a lot of blocks, and they, like, they have an identity. Everybody on the second unit has an identity. Like, they're not just kind of, like, trying to figure it out every time they play, which always helps your second unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it'll be a series. I, I think the Sixers come out of it, though. But I, it, it, they'll drop one seven. or two. Yeah, I, I'd say it'd be seven games, actually. Yeah, I feel like Sixers and seven is, is a good pick. I'd love to pick the Heat, but I just don't think they have enough talent. And, like, the one place I feel like they have an advantage with Embiid out is with Whiteside, but Whiteside oh, White's- doesn't have his head on screwed on straight oh. enough for it to, you know, work. Whiteside is, like, the uh, he is the biggest waste of physical talent I've ever seen in the <laughs> NBA. Like, I've never seen someone so dumb at basketball. Like, <laughs> like how so? Me, me or you could score on him. He falls for every single pump fake. <laughs> I remember the year uh, when they played uh, Charlotte when they still had Al Jefferson. I was getting in a giant argument with people at work. They're like, there's no way Al Jefferson's going to beat Whiteside. And Jefferson went off the entire <laughs> series because he just pump fake and then Whiteside fall on him and he'd get the and one. We like four to- times a game. So, growing up, uh, my brother was a wrestler in high school, and he was really athletic, and he could jump out of the gym and just block people's shots. And he was only, like, six foot, but he wasn't even six foot. He was, like, 5'10", and he's just one of those guys that could jump up and hang on the rim. Like, I think if he'd have really worked at it, he could have dunked, And but it was the same thing. He would fall for every pump fake, and, like, any time that you would pump fake, we started calling him the kite. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy, my buddy Luke would be like, every time he jumped for a pump fake, he'd go, because <laughs> the, the kite was flying by. And, like, it was so easy to make him bite on a pump fake. And that's kind of what I feel. Like, there's so many guys like that. The one thing that I hate about Larry Nance is I feel like he's like that a little bit. Oh, yeah, he totally is. And the funny thing is he's such a smart defender and a smart player, but, man, does he bite on some dumb pump fakes. Well, he gets, gets, like, excited. I think that's that's why he misses. Yeah, exactly. Like, he misses so many, like, gimme shots because he's like, oh, I'm about to score a point. (laughs) Just blows it. (laughs) Yeah, like, he gets too amped. Yeah, totally. Um, So... Um, yeah, I'm totally Sixers. Sixers are probably a good pick, and Ben Simmons is ridiculous. Like, he's got the best post game of anybody I've seen as a rookie in 
light years. Like, can you remember the most re- like Jaleel Okafor had a good post game, but he had nothing else. Like his post game, along with his ability to pass and his you know ability to put it on the floor and all that stuff, is just so tight. Like, do you remember a better post game player as a rookie than Ben Simmons? Like, when's the last guy you can think of? I mean, how many rookies play in the post? Exactly. Like, like it might be Al Jefferson. <laughs> like Jaheel Okafor was probably the last. Yeah, guy. but he was so bad that it didn't. At everything else, it didn't matter. J- Jabari Parker is kind of good in the post. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I just feel like Ben Simmons, uh, his jump hook is just automatic. His jump hook is better than Kevin Love's right now, which is. I haven't watched like a ton of the Sixers this year. I, I, just seeing highlights, though, he's an amazing passer. Yeah, yeah, and but it isn't just the passing. Like if he was just a good passer, he would be, you know, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball. Room. You know, but yeah. he does so many other things well, and that's kind of what separates him. Like he's a legit power forward, whereas LeBron his, probably wasn't a legit power forward till like the last five years. His defense too is really like he's a smart defender. Yeah, he's a really for being, smart for being a rookie. Well, the other thing that helps the Sixers so much is Brett Brown's a really good coach. Like, yeah, you know, Brett Brown needs should get more credit because that team, the amount of garbage players they fielded for so many years oh, without yeah. having just insane off the court stuff happening is impressive. The, I I'll agree with you. Like the only real guy that had crazy off the court issues was Jaleel Okafor, which and that was reasonable. I mean, he's nineteen years. He was like eighteen right. years old. Right. Although you know, uh, Ben Worth in kind of our ongoing email thread kind of had the take of the moment is like, how ridiculously scary would that team be if they had drafted the Zinger over you know Okafor? Yeah, Philly drafted Okafor over Porzingis. That's insane. That's so bad. <laughs> like, wow, this draft, that draft really sucked. <laughs> like, go through the top six picks or whatever. So you had Towns, Russell, Okafor, Porzingis. Hazonia went number five. Willie Cauley-Stein went six. Moutier went seven. Then Stanley Johnson at eight, and Frank Kaminsky at nine, and Justice Winslow at ten. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky, <laughs> and also yeah, like, and then Miles Turner at eleven, who is probably should have been fifth. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah, and then Devin Booker, who you know fifth or sixth, and then you know you got Bobby Frodo Eyes Portis at twenty two. <laughs> And uh, and Larry Nance at twenty seven. Yeah, that was you're right. That was a terrible draft. Like, yeah, you you forget how many teams just totally whiff on players. Chetty like, should have been like fifteen in that draft. Who Chetty? Yeah, because he was well, thirty one. Wasn't was because everybody knew he wasn't <clears throat> coming over for two more years. Yeah, and yeah, I'll totally agree with you. I mean, that second round was garbage. There was nobody in that second round. There was Jetty, Brashawn Holmes. And I'm not even sure Rashawn Holmes ended up. That wasn't even the. Oh, okay. Philly did draft him. I actually wanted him. 
And then Willie, Willie Herman Gomez. Gomez. Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, nobody else. Damn, Philly has Philly drafted Gomez too. Huh? And Holmes. Philly Philly originally drafted Herman Gomez. I didn't know that. Yeah, they have had. You look at the number of draft picks they've had in the last several drafts. It's been ridiculous. Like they've just been like trading out or selling those draft picks because they've had so many and they just can't field that many guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, boss and Terry Rozier is looking like a good draft pick at this point. So Willie Cauley Stein would have been good if he went to the right team. He's still not a bad player. He's like good or Tristan Thompson, but yeah, I'll agree with you. I mean, I, if I was a player, I would not want to end up in Sacramento. No. Yeah, and Stanley Johnson, everybody thought he was going to be a good player and kind of hasn't turned into it, but... What was... uh? Didn't he have... The, Stanley Johnson had the weird deal where he could only play home games for a minute because a uh, oh, legal issue. Probation. Yeah, it might have been, <laughs> yeah. been it. I don't remember. Anyway, back to uh, the, the standings here. Um, so we got... What's the next round? We got... We got Cleveland, Indiana. So you and I both pick in Cleveland, I'm sure, right? Yeah. So the question is how many games? Um wait, what what were the other series? Let's do Cleveland last. Uh well that was the last one. We did Boston, oh, yeah. Milwaukee, we did Miami, Philly, we did Toronto, Washington. So Um I'll pick Cleveland in five. Cleveland in five? Yeah, that yeah. that seems about right to me. Um Although I think there's a out, they play so bad in Indy though that I feel like the sweep is probably not going to happen. So yeah, five games. Well, I feel like maybe Cleveland at six, just because I feel like they're going to drop a game in the first two, and game five in Indy is going to be really hard to win. So I'm going to pick yeah. Cleveland at six. Do you think we see uh, – who do you think LeBron covers in that series? Oh, that's a tough one. I think – go ahead. The, they can – their backcourt is better than ours, like definitively better. Because um, Oladipo is he's, – he's a really good player Oh, now. yeah, I know. I feel like Oladipo is going to end up being – a multi-time all-star like Oladipo now is the player that I thought he would be when they drafted him. Although I didn't think he would handle the ball as much as he did. I thought he'd be more of a classic two, but clearly in the NBA, you're better as a combo guard playing the one right now than you are as a classic two. I mean, there's not a lot of great classic two guards. Maybe Clay Thompson is the ideal, but he's more of a swing man. Um, yeah, I mean, he, but yeah, Oladipo is is going to be a really good player. I think what will happen is they will start with probably George Hill on Oladipo, and then probably come crunch time, LeBron will end up covering him. So who covers their guard? Because they're going to have Collison or Kojo out there. Um, I'm not that worried about Collison. Um. As long as, like, you overplay the three on him, and you make him a driver, and if he beats you with a two, so be it. But 
I don't think he's a good enough finisher that it's going to hurt you that much as long as you... But, you know, what always happens with the Cavs is the over-collapsing and, and kicking it around for three, but... Um, well, who? I guess the real question is, who are we making an all-star on this team? Yeah, that is the real question. <laughs> because... Yeah, I mean, I feel like Miles Turner is going to have a series because one of the problems is the Cavs really don't have a great cover for him. Like, I feel like if you put Jeff Green on him, he's just going to go to the post and eat Jeff Green up. Well, Jeff Green should be covering Thad Young, I think. Yeah, but who then covers Miles Turner out of the starting lineup? Probably LeBron. That the, LeBron is not going to want to play top Miles Turner. LeBron doesn't like playing post defense. Yeah, but well, yeah, he's a better post defender than he is. Yeah, it's so hard to dif- differentiate regular season See, LeBron from postseason LeBron. But I think it's going to end up being LeBron's going to start playing, just playing either the four or five on the other team because then he can roam at least if they can't shoot threes. And that's kind of what he seems to like to do in the playoffs. And then Kevin Love, maybe he could cover that that Bogdanovich guy. Here's what I think ends up happening is, so, like I said, George Hill covers Oladipo. LeBron probably covers that young. But anything other than Oladipo, they just switch everything. Like... So I, they're gonna switch so much; it's not gonna matter that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could. Uh, yeah. Um, even Kevin Love, you think? Yeah, I guess their guards can't really torch him. Just Oladipo. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think they'll run that retreat. Like Kevin Love will probably guard Miles Turner to start, and then if that's not working, they'll switch it and they'll put him on like Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich, or th- actually, I think Kevin Love will end up playing Thad Young a lot. Um, Thad Young's going to burn him so bad. Really? How so? I, I mean, Thad Young only scores 12 points a game. Yeah, but he's he's just faster. Yeah, but... Like, I, he should be... It, I don't know. I just think he'll make himself like very useful against Kevin Love. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm that worried about Thad Young, and I'm a Thad Young guy. <laughs> you know, if Tom, oh yeah, Tom Tom Pestag were here, he'd be making fun of me for my Thad Young love right now. But, um, yeah, I'm not losing sleep over Thad Young at night against Kevin Love. I think Kevin. One of the things is is Kevin's ability to his shot looks really on point right now. Like his release is really good. Um. And then, yeah, I mean, Victor Oladipo, I think they're just going to pretty much the goal with Indy right now is cut off the head of the snake and make somebody else beat you. Mm -hmm. Because, like, their second leading scorer is Bojan Bogdanovic. And actually, he worries me a little bit because I feel like he's one of these guys that LeBron doesn't take seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's a European white guy. <laughs> exactly. Of course, no one takes him exactly. seriously. He just gets Sasha Pavlovich flashbacks and doesn't take him seriously. So it's the Joe Ingles treatment. <laughs> well, he's Australian, so still at least you got to worry about him when he's drinking. 
That's but. Europe in the New World. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the other thing, I didn't realize uh, Darren Collison's suiting 47% from three this year. That's ridiculous. He's a filthy, he's really good three-point shooter. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's really tough off the bench. So, like. I think he starts. Does he? Does they start Oladipo and Darren Collison? Yeah, and then they bring Kojo off the bench, and then I think Lance Stevenson comes in like oh, as yeah. their third dude. God, I hate Lance Stevenson. That's a guy oh. that probably worries me more than anybody because he's just like an- the anti-Cavalier. Like, and I don't feel like they have enough defensive guard depth, and that they're going to play Chetty enough. So. Uh, I haven't looked yet, but over under 10 points for how many Stevenson scores a game? Oh, I'm going to say over 10. All like, right. Just guess. from an average standpoint, he'll have one at least one game where he goes absolutely off, and he'll just take his average over 10 points. I'm saying under, but let's see what his, his regular season is. Yeah, he's only he's, shooting 29% from three oof. in the regular season. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, but his, so is so Jeff. Well, Jeff Green's actually... Worked his way up into the low 30s, but... 9.2 points per game. Yeah. 42% from the field. And at 20... Yeah, 28 from three. I mean, they've got a tough bench, for sure. I mean, they run eight deep. Uh, Trevor Booker isn't getting a ton of run, but I feel like they got a solid eight-man rotation. Yeah. With Stevenson. And then Demontis Sabonis plays both big spots. Um, and then they got Corey Joseph um, as a sixth man. Like, Corey Joseph doesn't scare me, but he has burned the Cavs in the past. One of the things I feel like J.R. Smith is going to get hot for a couple games. Here's the thing. I feel like Indy can, like, I don't feel like the Cavs can totally stop Indy, but I do feel like they can outscore him. You know what I mean? Like, if they get hot, they can just outscore them, but scoring well, in yeah. Indy has always been an issue. The Cavs can outscore anyone. That, well, I mean, at least in the East, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like these games are all going to, like, the Cavs' victory is all going to be 120 to 110. Yeah, I I don't think the Cavs hold anyone to under 100 points the entire playoffs. <laughs> I, there'll be a, I think they'll have Maybe one or two, but yeah. Maybe the Raptors, <laughs> if they face them. You really don't respect the Raptors in the playoffs, no. do you? They, they aren't a good team. Like <laughs> it, may, it makes me so mad that somehow they made Jonas Valanciunas play over 10 minutes. <laughs> like He is not a modern NBA player. I, I don't know if I totally buy that, but they, they certainly have maximize their abilities in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I I feel like if the Cavs can hold Oladipo and Collison and just make the inside guys beat them, as long as they don't they're not giving up layups all the time, they'll be okay. But of course that's kinda what the Cavs do too. So yeah, I mean, I don't, we aren't going to lose this series. No, I, I, I don't yeah. think they lose this series. I think one of the things that will end up happening is that Larry Nance ends up playing on Miles Turner more than Jeff Green. 
Oh, for sure. But like if Indy's <laughs> smart, they will try and make Jeff uh, Miles Turner a star. Like they'll isolate him on Jeff Green and in the post, and you know, like. Well, if they're really smart, they'd make him play like just good enough where you don't make a, a change. Right. I mean, <laughs> that what. <sighs> There's been a great theme on the thread. Like, Jeff Green's really good at Garden 1s and 2s and 3s and not good at Garden 4s and 5s. And part of that is, like you talked about, he's just not as good off the ball. Like, he just gets lost. And he's also just 6'9". Yeah. But he's a pretty good athlete. Um, But, yeah, he's not a guy that's going to bang you in the post. But the other thing is, like, he just doesn't seem to know the scouting reports on some guys. Like, it drives me nuts how often he closes out on the wrong hand or, you know, just just gets burned by a big guy putting it on the floor. It, it It's just kind of bizarre. So, well, he, it, I don't know. When he's on a big two, he doesn't beat him. That's, like, the other crazy thing. Because he should be beating them down the floor like every time, but he plays a completely different way when they start him at the five. It's so hard to like regular season Cavs versus postseason Cavs, and that's why I feel like it's going to be six games because the Cavs may take a couple games just to tune up. But you never know. I mean, last year we thought that was going to be the case, and then they rattled off sixteen out of seventeen games to get to the playoffs or to get to the finals. So. Um, what's your, does LeBron average a triple-double in the first round of the playoffs? Oh, for sure. He's going <laughs> to average a triple-double the whole time. Okay. okay. I mean, what did, I guess let's look, uh, have you looked at what he averaged for the whole season yet? I have not. I mean, it's, it's I know he hasn't averaged that for the whole season, but it's probably 29 and 8. It's probably 29 and 8 and change. So, 27. He's number two in the NBA in assists. And eight. Yeah, I think he did he. I wonder. Well, no, he probably didn't finish the highest for scoring, but he was above Harden for total. Yeah. Yeah, this is is his highest assist season ever, highest rebound season ever. Yeah, no, he had a monster year, um, for sure. And the the cat, the NBA scoring is way up and paces up, and there's you know a quarter of the league actively trying to lose games. So I don't know how much stock he put in all of that, but yeah, he has had a monster year. Um, who do you feel Whoa. like the X factor for the Cavs is in the first round? Um. <sighs> Honestly, I have no idea. Just because I don't trust Lou at all, I would say it. It should be Larry Nance or a Chetty type guy. I don't feel like Chetty's going to play very much at all. No, I don't think Larry Nance is going to play very much at all either. I think um, he has to play. I I got to think that um, Tristan Thompson is out. Like, Larry Nance actually looked like he had a little bit of a hot back. I think he was still getting back from the hamstring 
before so, the last game or so. Yeah, I don't. I honestly have no clue. I would maybe Kyle Korver because he can get hot. Um, I kind of think Jordan Clarkson just is not a good player at this point. I guess maybe LeBron because he could put up forty <laughs> points. Yeah, in multiple I mean, games. Yeah, I Jordan Clarkson drives me nuts. Like, I feel like Jordan Clarkson is, I don't understand him. Like, I just don't understand what a bad, like, some of the decisions he makes are just bafflingly bad. Although I've well, he seen does... interviews with him and he does not seem like the brightest bulb in the pack. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I... no, he doesn't make decisions. That's the most annoying thing about him. The dude's scoring or he's passing. He's not reading a play yeah, ever. Like he's yeah, he's just reading it before the play even starts. Yeah, like he knows what he's gonna do. <laughs> he's like me and Madden. Like <laughs> I just know I'm either gonna hit that crossing route or I'm going to, you know, run outside the pocket and get ten yards. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe Jose. I could see Jose being a... A total X factor. No, I'll agree with you. Yeah, because Jose can get hot. Did you see Markel Fultz had a triple-double tonight? What? Yeah, he had uh, 13, 10, and 10. That's a bizarre triple-double. Yeah, but some of the passes were ridiculous. Like, I'm a little concerned about the Markel Fultz factor. Like, if he's I mean, a legit player, that gives him a totally new dimension in the postseason. I mean, there are – yeah, Philly is secretly really deep. There's no one on the team that sucks. Yeah, it's almost like you take seven straight years and draft at the top of the draft for that amount of time and get a ton of draft picks, and you could end up being building a really good team. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, they, they're scary deep. You're right, and I feel like right now they're second best team in the East. And After long term, they could be the best team in the East. But oh, yeah. I think Philly is going to be because they have control over. They haven't beat for four more years. They've got a three year window to win a title now. Yeah, the problem is the West is so good. Yeah, but what I don't know. The other I think thing is, is I don't think. They have enough shooting long term. Like Bellinelli, and I don't think Ilyasova signs there next year. I think Bellinelli probably does, but he is a bad enough defensive player. You can actually at least take him out of, you know, you can exploit him on defense, whereas Ilyasova is just a guy that, um, he does everything well and nothing poorly. Like he minimizes his weaknesses. Yeah, and he doesn't take bad shots. See it. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go you ahead. didn't. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I think Philly, you can find shooters, and I wouldn't be surprised if Philly has, uh, like, figures out a way to develop some in-house shooting with second-round guys. They could see that. The, pr- the thing about that, though, is you have to have shooters that are at least decent enough at everything else that they're not going to kill you. And I think in the playoffs, teams will totally exploit Bellinelli the way the Cavs did the other night. 
And if the Cavs had had enough juice to finish that game, they would have won it. Like, yeah. Like Chetty missing three threes in crunch time and LeBron missing that three throw. Like, that's just well, kind of was the story of that game. If they didn't play like dog poop the first half. Well, yeah, won. but I mean, shoulda, woulda, coulda. That's just kind of yeah. who the Cavs are. So, I mean, Philly's going to lose. They'll probably lose, uh, Reddick next year. Yeah. Well, depends on. I don't know what their cap situation somebody. is. Huh? I don't no, know they, what Philly's. Reddick is completely available. Like, it's all cap hold with Reddick. So they have no, enough he's a one year deal. to add a $20 million player. Isn't he a one year deal, though? So they don't have bird rights on him? No, they don't have bird rights on him, but. If they lose him, they can still add like a twenty million dollar player. Oh, you know they they have plenty of cap room. They've managed their cap very well. You know, and they could they could conceivably sign LeBron. Although I don't think my opinion is that if the way it shakes the one of the problems for Philly is if. They lose to LeBron, or if LeBron loses to them, LeBron's not the kind of player that's going to go to the team he just lost to. He's not Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? (laughs) So if LeBron lost in the second round, uh, you know, to Toronto, which I just don't see happening, um, then, then you would worry about that. But I, I don't see him going to Philly. So I think he's either going west. Probably to Houston or staying in uh, Cleveland. So he, yeah, I think he says, "Dude, how is Dario Sarge's contract? He makes like four million a year. It's still a rookie deal, isn't it? Oh, it. Oh my gosh, it is because that he didn't come crazy, to the NBA for like two or three years. Oh my gosh, that is a crazy contract. Yeah." Yeah. So yeah, Philly set up for the long haul. I mean, I'm a little bit baffled that one of these teams like like if you're Orlando, why don't you just go hire Sam Hinkie? <laughs> like as much as I ragged on Sam Hinkie, he did hit on the fact that the NBA was incentivizing losing. And <laughs> I don't think with the new lottery structure it's going to be quite as bad as that, but he did understand that probably better than most people and yeah. helped them build that team. And then he kind of got punished for it. But if I'm, if you, if you're the fricking Hornets and you have the opportunity to sign Sam Hinkie or Mitch Kupchak and you go with Mitch Kupchak, like Jordan is however good as he was as a player, he is the exact opposite as an owner. Like is Mitch Kupchak? Uh, I know he was on the Lakers, but is he an oddly tall white guy? Yeah, he kind of looks like a oh, he, six foot six John Malkovich. He's six nine and a white guy. Yeah, this really contributes to like an over. <laughs> there's a, there's a theory going on here that, that Jordan that is trying to surround himself really tall white guys. Yeah, he only wants to be. Oh man, <laughs> like he it's his Judd Bushler fetish. <laughs> yeah, it totally makes no sense. Like, I didn't realize Mitch Kupchak was that tall. That's just nuts. Like, Did, yeah, Morris that's crazy. Mitch Kupchak, Frank Kaminsky, uh, 
Cody Zeller. It. <laughs> Can you imagine if they would have done that trade with Boston for like? Wasn't Boston offering like three first rounders for Frank Kaminsky? No, it was. Oh, Justice draft, Winslow. Uh, it was to draft Winslow, right? <sighs> Not Denzel Valentine. It was to draft uh, the, the guy, guy the Lakers ended up with. No, I or thought it was for Justice Winslow. Justice yeah, Justice Winslow. Winslow. Yeah, that would have been a much smarter move than the one they made. <laughs> yeah, that would that would have altered the entire league. Well, no, it would have no because they'd have screwed up those draft picks. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, they would have just Celt- drafted really tall white guys with those other three draft picks. Yeah, but the Celtics wouldn't have been able to trade for well, Kyrie. That's true. that's true. Or get uh, Channing Tatum or whatever yeah, his name is. Yeah, that's probably one of the dumbest non-trades ever. Yeah, they looked out. For Frank Kaminsky, like, really? Dude, Frank the Tank. Like, this is a guy you can get in every single draft. Like, you can go get his European equivalent anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, but he's American, and he's from, he played in Indiana. No, he played for Wisconsin, didn't he? No, I, th- I thought Frank the Tank was for Indiana. No, I'm pretty sure he played for Wisconsin. Let's see. Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, I don't know why. God, I, I love to hear that. It's my favorite yeah. words in the world. Is I'm right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the Hornets gonna horn it. <laughs> but like, if you're Orlando sitting down there, like, why wouldn't you just take a flyer on, uh, you know, Hinky? And I wrote a three part article about how bad Hinky was, although I didn't think he was bad. I just thought that that team was just in a operational mode to make money and kind of exploit the free rider program that the NBI had going on that they still have going on. So yeah, it, it's goofy. Like, or if you're Dallas, go get Sam. Although Dallas wants to be mediocre forever. Like, Okay, if you're the Clippers, why wouldn't you go get Sam Hankey? Like, you kind of have no hope right now. They have Neil O'Shea right now, don't they? Who's that? Um, exactly. <laughs> no, Neil O'Shea is like a fairly known guy. He was... Oh, is he on the trail? Let's see. I think he's on the Trailblazers, maybe? Oh, he was? Yeah, okay. And then he went to uh, yeah. Clippers. Yeah. No, he's still on the Trailblazers, I think. So getting back to indie series, um, you've got Cavs in five. I've got Cavs in six. I mean, I don't feel like there's a lot of surprises here. I mean, the only guys that are, you know, basically you got how well is Victor Oladipo, Bo- Bo- Bojan Bogdanovich, Collison, Miles Turner going to play. And are you get gonna get something out of Lance Stevenson off the bench? And I feel like that's the series. Like, and then how well the Cavs kind of cover up their regular season deficiencies. I don't feel like there's a ton of other storylines there. Do you? No. And I'm, if the I'm Cavs still, can stay healthy. Yeah, I'm still a little confused about who the Cavs are gonna start, but uh, I think it's gonna be. They're probably gonna start Hill at the. Or Hood at the two, Hill at the one, LeBron, Love, and Jeff Green. Green. 
Do you th- do you think they should actually start uh, Hood at the two? I feel like they are better when Kyle Corver starts at the two, but I think for Hood's confidence, he's better when he starts than when he comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Kyle Corver can probably finish games. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and Kyle Corver, like, he's such a pro. He can play at any point in the game. He's not going to do anything dumb. You know what he's going to give you. I really want to see him when LeBron's running that second unit, like, play all your minutes with him. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah. Like, Jeff Green should never be on the floor without LeBron. Yeah. Corver's well, the same one. I feel like Jeff Green can play with Calderon a little bit. Yeah, Calderon could play with Corver too, I guess. Yeah, Calderon does play well with Corver. Like that Calderon Clarkson Corver lineup is good because Clarkson is such a good catch and shoot guy. The problem is, is with when Clarkson handles the ball to bring the ball up. Yeah, like Clarkson only has one. When Clarkson run pick and roll, runs pick and roll, it's either I'm going to give it to the diving big, or I'm going to shoot. Like he never looks to the wing or the corner. Well, he can't make that pass, I don't think. It's just not one of his skills. Yeah, he just, like, I feel like he just reminds me of Forrest Gump a little bit. (laughs) How do you get that? I am not a smart man. Uh (laughs) He just does not, like, I got it by doing what you told me. (laughs) Like, he just, I don't under, like, I've seen him in interviews and stuff, and, like, I'm not unconvinced that that dinosaurs were pets for very large people is, like, that he didn't legit believe that. Like, Kyrie Irving, I always kind of believe, like, he was just effing with people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because he's kind of a dick that way, and he's not a dummy. I don't get that vibe from Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> like, he does not. He does not strike me as um a road scholar. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I I, I, hope, I just uh, don't get it. Anyway, you think uh, Jose's going to get some time or no? Oh yeah, I think Jose will be uh, definitely getting bench minutes. Yeah, I really wish they would just start Jose and bring Hill off the bench. Just give Jose, like... I think Hill is really underrated, actually. Uh, I mean, I think Hill's good, I actually liked them playing together with Hill at the two, but... I just like... uh, I like Jose because he, he just gets things off to a good start. I just don't think... The problem with Jose against the Pacers is I think he's going to get burned in either coverage against the starters. Like the end, the regular season NBA, you can hide a bad one-on-one defender like that. Like I just don't think Jose can guard either one of those guys. Carlson's not a driver, though. Eh, he's a good enough driver. Plus, you put Jose in the pick and roll, and Collison, Collison will drive in the pick and roll, but not in isolation. And plus, if you cannot go under the screen on him, yeah. And I just don't think Jose is good enough. Once he goes over the top of the screen, Collison just go to the rim and Cavs will over collapse and somebody will be open. Yeah, that's true. So, anyway. 
Um, but you know, for the Cavs, it's you know Kevin Love. I don't think he's going to get a ton of points in the post because I feel like Indy defends that pretty well. I think they'll try and use his shooting to pull Miles Turner out and Orthad Young out, and then you know LeBron's going to do what LeBron does. I don't think they have anybody on that team that can guard him. Thad Young will try. Um, and the Cavs just got to contain Oladipo and and Collison, and because that's kind of where all the offense starts. So, <clears throat> anyway, anything else about that series you want to pitch? I mean, we're 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 getting pretty long on the tooth here. No, there's nothing left about that series. I mean, it's okay. the Cavs. We we kind of know what this is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of buckets, not a lot of defense. I, I'm going to uh, give it a, a a mediocre amount of defense, not a not a poor defense, but mediocre. They're going to get you, they're going to get to slightly below average. <laughs> do you think they sc- they hold the Pacers to under a hundred any game? Um, I think they hold them to one hundred one game. <laughs> yeah, I I think yeah, I don't think they game hold three, them under 100. game three they'll hold them to a hundred. I think uh, any game we win, we score over one hundred fifteen. I I I think that's a pretty pretty fair guess. So, um, anything you want to pitch? Mm, no, not really. Oh, I did. Uh, I went to Detroit recently, and nice. it's a very interesting city. It's it's like East Cleveland with twenty five percent more abandoned houses. <laughs> um. But I had some great barbecue, and I had a good time. I was supposed to go for a concert, but the concert actually got canceled, and what I couldn't get a refund on the hotel. Uh, ASAP Ferg and Denzel Curry. I have no idea who those people are. It's like rappers. Oh, okay. Are um, they like rappers, or are they actually rappers? No, they're actually rappers. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but I couldn't get a uh, refund on the hotel, so just went there for a day. And um, I've been getting into disc golf lately. Disc golf's a lot of fun. We should play this summer. Yeah, I'm totally, oh, I'm totally down. Cause I was getting into golf again and then realized that golf is an absurd ripoff to play. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and I don't even, I don't have fun playing it. That was the other thing I realized. Yeah, disc it's, golf is so much more casual. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's great. We, just, you can drink beers while you're doing it and the courses are free. <laughs> beers and other recreational, uh, activities yeah i uh if depending on your state and your medical status i've actually i'm drinking the 21st amendment brewing black or back in black ipa right oh now. nice nice yeah that I, one's pretty good i haven't had that for a while so so my pitch is for uh marshall brewing company up in michigan uh, they have a beer called scary jesus rockstar and oh yeah you've mentioned that before oh yeah so i just got another sixer of it it is Chamomile and apricot pale ale. Um, it is ridiculously good. And then, is it, sorry, is it full booze or is it like a four two? No, it's it's probably about seven. Oh dang! Yeah, well, I don't drink anything under five generally. <laughs> like a five five is usually a light beer for me, but um, and then Brewery of Avant in Michigan is the other one that I've I've really been enjoying. So uh they they have a beer, probably my all time favorite, or one of my top five all time, and it's called Big Red Cock. <laughs> and it's C O Q and it's for a chicken. So That's um funny. 
and then it's a big hoppy Bel- Belgian red, and then they have another beer they just came out with, which is a farmhouse IPA, which is really good too. So, so those are those are my beers of the week, and then um, I don't think I have any music picks. Um, did you see Froggy Fresh when he came? I totally I forgot about it until Froggy like a day Fresh later. When he came, I um, I have not been able to see Froggy Fresh. So, I guess my big music uh, pick right now, I'm I'm kind of getting into a band called Unknown Mortal Orchestra, um, which some people describe as Steely Dan on Xanax. Oh so. no! <laughs> but they've got some some interesting stuff. So. I, I've kind of been getting into them, and then, uh, oh, who's got the new album? Um, Courtney Cardi Barnett, B. huh? Ooh, I love Courtney Barnett. Yeah, Courtney Barnett's got some good stuff, and then, um, oh, yeah, they. <sighs> I was uh, I got big into Jenny Lewis for a second. Uh, Jenny Lewis is good. She hasn't been as prolific as I would like, but uh, but yeah, she's got some good stuff. The I like um, what the album's called. It's just it's a uh, I think it's one of her maybe Rabbit Fur Coat. It's just very overproduced, but I really I like the singles off yeah. of it. So the other band that I've been listening to is there's a band called Dream Wife, and they have a song called "I Am Not My Body." which is kind of the Me Too movement in song. I am not my body, I am somebody. So it, it's actually a really good uh, good rock tune. So It's called Somebody? No, it's called I Am Not My Body, and then that was the next line, I Am Somebody. So Who's but, it, What's the band called? Dream Wife? Dream Wife. Yeah, it's kind of a girl punk band. So All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's pretty good. So. Cool. Anyway, we're at an hour and 50 minutes, so it's time to wrap this bad boy up. And uh, so I'm picking Cavs in six. You're picking Cavs in five. And yep. have they said, do the Cavs start Friday or, or Saturday or Sunday? I don't know. Let's see if we can find it. It should be out by now. So when's it? When, when's the game? Oh, come on. This is bogus. All the games are over right now, I think. Yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know if the Cavs are playing Friday or Saturday. So, or Saturday or Sunday. I'm gonna guess the Cavs are probably gonna play Sunday. Uh, kind of be matinee day for ABC. So yeah, that's just that would my make guess. sense. Uh, you know, Cavs and Cavs and um, maybe Rockets or probably Warriors over Rockets will be will be the first round uh, day games on ABC. So. And yeah, Warriors always, would be second game. Yeah. Huh? Warriors would probably be second yeah. game because they're a different time zone. Yeah, and as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.